You're listening to ReachMD, this medical industry feature titled From the Minds of Neurologists, Review of a First-in-Class AED, is sponsored by Greenwich Biosciences. The content of this podcast is intended for U.S. healthcare professionals only. Here's your host, Dr. Charles Turk. Welcome to ReachMD. I'm Dr. Charles Turk. Today, we'll be discussing Epidiolex, cannabidiol, an anti-epileptic drug, or AED, unlike any other, the first and only FDA-approved cannabidiol. Before we begin, let's review the indications and contraindication. Indications. Epidiolex, cannabidiol, oral solution, is indicated for the treatment of seizures associated with Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, or LGS, Dravet syndrome, or DS, or tuberous sclerosis complex, or TSC, in patients one year of age and older. Contraindication, hypersensitivity. Epidiolex, cannabidiol, oral solution, is contraindicated in patients with a history of hypersensitivity to cannabidiol or any ingredients in the product. Epidiolex has been prescribed by a growing number of epileptologists and neurologists. Today, we'll be discussing this first-in-class treatment with Dr. Dawn Eliashiv, and Dr. Karen Keough. Dr. Eliashiv is a neurology professor at the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA, and co-director of the UCLA Seizure Disorder Center. Dr. Keough is a pediatric neurologist at Child Neurology Consultants of Austin, Texas. She serves on the Tuberous Sclerosis Alliance Advisory Board and is director of the TSC Clinic at Child Neurology Consultants of Austin. Welcome, Dr. Eliashiv and Dr. Keough. Thank you, Dr. Turk. It's a pleasure being here. Thanks for having me, Dr. Turk. I'm happy to be here to participate today. Together, the two of you have decades of experience treating highly refractory epilepsies in children and adults. Please tell us about your use of Epidiolex in your individual practices. Well, Epidiolex offers broad-spectrum efficacy across a range of seizure types in Lennox-Gastaut syndrome, LGS, Dravet syndrome, and tuberous cirrhosis, TSC. In the clinical trials for all three indications, we saw reductions in the frequency of seizures, which included atonic, tonic, and tonic-clonic seizures. The primary endpoints for Dravet syndrome and TSC also included clonic seizures. The pivotal trial in TSC included the most seizure types, notably partial onset, including simple partial, also known as focal motor, complex partial, or focal impaired awareness, and secondary generalized tonic-clonic or focal to bilateral tonic-clonic seizures. Because Epidiolex is effective at reducing these aforementioned seizure types, this means I can prescribe Epidiolex to my patients with seizures associated with LGS, Dravet, or TSC, three difficult-to-treat conditions, and potentially see a notable difference in seizure frequency. But of course, Individual patient results may vary. Hepatocellular injury. Epidiolex can cause dose-related transaminase elevations. Concomitant use of valproate and elevated transaminase levels at baseline increase this risk. Transaminase and bilirubin levels should be obtained prior to starting treatment at 1, 3, and 6 months after initiation of treatment and periodically thereafter or as clinically indicated. Resolution of transaminase elevations occurred with discontinuation of epidiolex, reduction of epidiolex, and or concomitant valproate, or without dose reduction. 
For patients with elevated transaminase levels, consider dose reduction or discontinuation of Epidiolex or concomitant medications known to affect the liver, for example, valproate or clobazam. Dose adjustment and slower dose titration is recommended in patients with moderate or severe hepatic impairment. Consider not initiating Epidiolex in patients with evidence of significant liver injury. Thank you, Dr. Eliashiv. And how about you, Dr. Keo? How would you describe your experience with Epidiolex? The ability to treat highly refractory patients is particularly noteworthy because patients with LGS, Dravet syndrome, or TSC may have tried and might currently be taking multiple seizure medications with varying levels of success. They may also be trying various epilepsy diets, including a ketogenic diet. What's exciting about Epidiolex is that it was studied in this specific patient type, those who were taking multiple concomitant seizure medications, as well as some who were on a ketogenic diet. Epidiolex can be used as monotherapy or with commonly used seizure medications, as well as a ketogenic diet or other epilepsy diets. As a result, Epidiolex is a particularly flexible treatment one that's compatible with many other medications and diets. I can treat patients concomitantly with other seizure medications, and they can continue on with a ketogenic diet if they are finding success with that. Somnolence and sedation. Epidiolex can cause somnolence and sedation that generally occurs early in treatment and may diminish over time. These effects occur more commonly in patients using clobazam and may be potentiated by other CNS depressants. When considering the flexibility of Epidiolex, note that across the clinical trial program, patients were eligible from ages 1 to 65. Epidiolex is indicated for patients one year and older with no maximum age limitation. While we may think of LGS Dravet syndrome and TSC as childhood conditions, they do persist into adulthood which is why I appreciate the wide age range for my adult patients. I can feel confident prescribing Epidiolex to patients at nearly any point in their adult life. Clinical trials of Epidiolex in the treatment of LGS Dravet syndrome and TSC did not include a sufficient number of patients aged above 55 years to determine whether or not they respond differently from younger patients. In general, dose selection for an elderly patient should be cautious, usually starting at the low end of the dosing range, reflecting the greater frequency of decreased hepatic, renal, or cardiac function and of concomitant disease or other drug therapy. Exactly. The option to treat patients as early as one year of age allows me to start some of my youngest patients on treatment. And for these patients, effective early treatment can make a huge difference. Suicidal behavior and ideation. Anti-epileptic drugs, or AEDs, including Epidiolex, increase the risk of suicidal thoughts or behavior. Inform patients, caregivers, and families of the risk and advise to monitor and report any signs of depression, suicidal thoughts or behavior, or unusual changes in mood or behavior. If these symptoms occur, consider if they are related to the AED or the underlying illness. But when treating patients at such an early age, isn't the safety of the treatment a major concern for you? As it would be with any seizure medication, you're always concerned about the adverse reactions a patient may have. 
When it comes to the pediatric population, it's actually worth noting that the safety profile of Epidiolex is generally similar between children and adults across all three indications. Transaminase elevations, somnolence, decreased appetite, diarrhea, pyrexia, vomiting, fatigue, malaise and asthenia, rash, insomnia, sleep disorder, and poor quality sleep, and infections were among some of the most common adverse reactions. Hematologic abnormalities were also observed in some patients. It's important to keep in mind that some of the adverse reactions were especially salient when co-administering Epidiolex with certain medications. Concomitant clobazam and valproate specifically can cause an increase in certain adverse events. For instance, concomitant use of valproate and elevated transaminase levels at baseline increase the risk of epidiolex dose-related transaminase elevations. Because of this, it's crucial to obtain transaminase and bilirubin levels prior to starting treatment, at one, three, and six months after the initiation of treatment, and periodically thereafter or as clinically indicated. For two-thirds of the patients who experienced liver enzyme elevation, those elevations resolved when epidiolex was discontinued or reduced, or when concomitant valproate was reduced with or without the reduction of epidiolex. In about one-third of patients with elevated liver enzymes, transaminase elevations resolved with continued treatment with epidiolex. When patients experience elevated transaminase levels, you should consider a dose reduction of epidiolex or medications that are known to affect the liver, like valproate or clobazam. For patients with moderate or severe hepatic impairment, dose adjustment and slower dose titration is recommended. For that reason, consider not initiating epidiolex in patients who have evidence of significant liver injury. Withdrawal of anti-epileptic drugs. As with most AEDs, epidiolex should generally be withdrawn gradually because of the risk of increased seizure frequency and status epilepticus. Similarly, we know that epidiolex can cause somnolence and sedation. Overall, these effects were more than two times as common in patients using concomitant clobazam and could be potentiated by other CNS depressants. Keep in mind that generally patients who did experience somnolence did so early in treatment and it diminished with continued treatment or a dose adjustment. Do either of you feel that these adverse events make it hard to treat patients in the long term? Not necessarily. It obviously varies by patient. If we look at the long-term treatment in the clinical trials, we see that the vast majority of patients who completed treatment within the studies chose to continue into the open-label extension. 99% of patients in the LGS and TSC trials and 95% of those in the Dravet syndrome trial chose to continue into the open-label extensions. These open-label extension data show us a consistent long-term efficacy and safety profile up to three years for LGS and Dravet syndrome and currently 48 weeks in TSC. In these studies, the long-term safety profile for each indication was generally similar to that observed in each of the pivotal trials. This gives me confidence knowing that I can start my patients on Epidiolex 
and they can stay on it for the long term. Adverse reactions. The most common adverse reactions in patients receiving Epidiolex, greater than or equal to 10% and greater than placebo, include transaminase elevations, somnolence, decreased appetite, diarrhea, pyrexia, vomiting, fatigue, malaise, anastemia, rash, insomnia, sleep disorder and poor quality sleep, and infections. Hematologic abnormalities were also observed. I'm Dr. Charles Turk, and I'm talking with Dr. Dawn Eliashiv and Dr. Karen Keough about Epidiolex as a treatment option for seizures associated with LGS, Dervais syndrome, and TSC. We just learned about the safety profile for Epidiolex in the open-label extensions, which lasted up to three years in LGS and Dervais syndrome. Now let's talk about dosing. What do you do in your respective practices to help optimize your patient's responses to Epidiolex? One of the reasons Epidiolex is viable as a long-term treatment option is due in part to its flexible dosing. Epidiolex is prescribed by weight-based dose and follows a specific titration schedule. This allows me to modify my patient's doses based on weight fluctuations, treatment response, and tolerability. Something I see with many anti-seizure medications is that patients are not titrated up to therapeutic doses. Before you can assess whether a patient has failed a seizure medication, it's important to make sure you have reached the recommended maintenance dose as tolerated. Right. Since each patient may tolerate Epidiolex differently, it's important to titrate them in a way that provides maximum efficacy while ensuring long-term tolerability, which in some cases may mean a more gradual titration. The FDA-approved dosing schedule, per the Epidiolex label, recommends a maintenance dosage of 10 to 20 milligrams per kilogram per day for patients with LGS or Dervais syndrome and 25 milligrams per kilogram per day for patients with TSC. One of the benefits of Epidiolex is its flexible dosing schedule, particularly for patients with LGS and Dervais syndrome which allows me to adjust the maintenance dose or titration based on the patient's response. However, it is critically important that no matter the length or speed of titration, that patients are titrated up from the starting dose in order to reach a therapeutic response. In the clinical trials, significant seizure reduction was assessed and confirmed only after Epidiolex was titrated past the initial 5 milligrams per kilogram per day dose. Post hoc analyses of the clinical trials were completed to explore the time to onset of the efficacy of Epidiolex across all three indications. These analyses showed that Epidiolex efficacy separated from placebo in as early as two weeks. In the analysis, of the TSC clinical trials, reductions in TSC-associated seizure frequency were reported as early as day six. In the LGS analyses, reductions in drop seizures were reported as early as day eight, and in the Dravet syndrome trial, reduction in convulsive seizure frequency was reported as early as day 10. For listeners who want to learn more, you can find the Epidiolex dosing schedule and a calculator to help determine the correct weight-based dose at epidiolexhcp.com. Pregnancy. 
Epidiolex should be used during pregnancy only if the potential benefit justifies the potential risk to the fetus. Encourage women who are taking Epidiolex during pregnancy to enroll in the North American Anti-Epileptic Drug, or NAAED, Pregnancy Registry. Tell me, Dr. Keo, when you first heard about Epidiolex, did you have any concerns? Were parents concerned when they learned that you were prescribing their children a derivative of marijuana? When I initially heard about Epidiolex, yes, I had some concerns. There hadn't been anything like Epidiolex before. But like any other seizure medication, it came down to the clinical data for me. By the time Epidiolex was approved, everyone in the pediatric epilepsy community, both patients and physicians, had been following the trials and by that point were eager for approval. I had dozens of patients who wanted to start Epidiolex, and based on the robust data from the initial three trials, I was optimistic that treatment with Epidiolex would benefit these patients. Another important factor for me was that some of my patients' parents were going to dispensaries to acquire CBD for their children, trying to find anything that might help mitigate their child's seizures. The trouble is, there's no way to know the contents of CBD products that aren't federally regulated and grown under rigorous manufacturing standards. There have been reports of these products having false labeling, inconsistent concentrations, even unlabeled THC. With these non-FDA approved products, parents could unwittingly be giving their children CBD oil that's full of contaminants. When Epidiolex was approved, it allowed me to transition those patients who had been taking non-FDA approved CBD to an FDA approved product backed by data and with transparency for their treatment plans. And it's also worth noting that Epidiolex is not a federally scheduled drug. Even at supertherapeutic doses, it demonstrated a low potential for abuse. Drug Interactions Strong inducers of CYP3A4 and CYP2C19 may affect Epidiolex exposure. Epidiolex may affect exposure to CYP2C19 substrates, for example, clobazam, diazepam, or stiropentol, orally administered PGP substrates, or other substrates, see full prescribing information. Consider dose reduction of orally administered everolimus with appropriate therapeutic drug monitoring when everolimus is combined with epidiolex. A lower starting dose of everolimus is recommended when added to epidiolex therapy. Concomitant use of epidiolex and valproate increases the incidence of liver enzyme elevations. Pneumonia was observed more frequently with concomitant use of epidiolex and clobazam. Dosage adjustment of epidiolex or other concomitant medications may be necessary. And what about you, Dr. Eliashiv? Were you concerned about prescribing CBD to your adult patients? For me, learning about how expansive the Epidiolex clinical trial program was made me more confident in this as a treatment option for my patients. LGS, Dravet syndrome, and TSC are among some of the rarest epilepsies. So clinical trial programs are not often large but over 900 patients across all three indications participated in the clinical trials, and that included the largest pivotal clinical study program in LGS 
Androve syndrome to date. And outside of clinical trials, the real-world experience is growing rapidly too. Since its approval, 3,000 prescribers treated over 33,500 patients with Epidiolex. And that number keeps on growing. Thank you, Dr. Eliashiv and Dr. Keough, for your insight, experience, and taking the time to speak with me today. It's my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for including me. I really enjoyed participating. Thanks again to Dr. Eliashiv and Dr. Keough. And thank you to our listeners. We'll see you next time. I'm Dr. Charles Turk. Thanks for joining us. As we learned in our discussion, Epidiolex can offer seizure reductions in multiple seizure types across LGS, Gervais syndrome, and TSC. As the only AED indicated for patients one year and older across these three indications, Epidiolex can be started in a broad range of patient types and ages, and in patients taking other concomitant AEDs. For more information on the Epidiolex studies, data, and resources, as well as the full prescribing information and important safety information, visit EpidiolexHCP.com. This program is sponsored by Greenwich Biosciences. The content of this podcast is intended for U.S. healthcare professionals only. To revisit any part of this discussion, visit ReachMD.com, where you can be part of the knowledge.